You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. A journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin and Anna. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. An in-depth look at every arc of Star Wars from Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker. I'm Calvin. I've seen a fair bit of Star Wars. Wyatt, you go today. Oh, shit. You go <laughs> I, I'm Wyatt, and I've seen more Star Wars than Calvin. And I'm Anna. I've seen a little bit of Star Wars at this point. Almost a full season of television. Almost yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, there's only one more arc, right? After this. Yeah. And then, I mean, we're, we're skipping the, um, yeah, the, the very, very episode. last episode. For, that's a there's little no while later. Yeah, that gets yeeted into season three. I don't know why. We'll talk about Padme later on. That's next we're episode. We're kidding. I have um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, today we're discussing a myriad of small arcs within season one. So this week we watch Dooku Captured and the Gungan General, uh, in which Dooku, Anakin, and Obi-Wan meet Hondo Onaka for the very first time and escape from his clutches, and that is the start of a very long, very great friendship. Jedi Crash and Defenders of the Peace, in which the Jedi try to convince a society of pacifist lemurs to fight against the separatists. Uh, Guest-starring George K. Trespass about a very, very racist man. (laughs) And his very, very cool senator. Yeah. I was just about to say, and the sexy lady. (laughs) Yeah, we enjoy the Pentorn senator. And then the episodes about a pandemic, which we are watching. This was so, the pandemic episodes were like, so painful. I swear to God, I was like dissociating during it because I could not just, it wasn't. Imagine if our pandemic was started by a robot that looked like a bunny. Oh, yeah. Horrifying. But also, maybe it'd be a little better. <laughs> maybe it'd be a little better. Hey, who, who's to like, say that it wasn't, you know? We don't, or like a bundemic. <laughs> like a bundemic. Bundemic. Yeah. You know? All right. So, uh, we'll just. Go at this in order. Um, Hondo Onaka. What do we think of the Hondo? Space pirates. So I was so that, that's what that was just all I got from these episodes. Space pirates. Swag. Yeah. yeah. Hondo is a super fun character. I really enjoy when they're all tied together. Oh yeah. And know we want and Dooku, and they're just being snarky because they don't have lightsabers and they can't kill each other because they'd have to drag their dead body. So they're just being. It's like like Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, I think that there was just a lot of witty rapport between these characters that was fun to watch. I feel like if I was a kid, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But as an adult, I was like, oh, these characters are very clever. We don't yeah, see think- enough banter between the three of them. And like this episode really does showcase the three of them. Well, I, I think Anna's right, because I don't really remember enjoying these episodes as a kid, but they were way more fun when I've watched through them uh, for the podcast. Yeah. Obi-Wan is so witty. He's so witty, and I just love that. Like, that's one of my favorite things about his characters. I feel like, in contrast to Anakin, we always see Obi-Wan as being the one that is, like, trying to follow the rules and blah, 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 but he- Motherfucker is funny. Like, he's got some chaos in him. He's got some chaos yeah. in him. He yeah. was trained by Qui-Gon, too. He's got that Qui-Gon in him. 
Exactly. So yeah, I really like I loved those moments. Um, I just thought the whole thing was just funny. Like, it's just a funny scenario. Condo is hilarious. It, it's just the whole thing was so funny. Of like, oh my gosh, they captured Dooku. And then they just captured Obi-Wan and Anakin who went to get into. I was like, period. Period. <laughs> it's just very funny to me. Although, like, I really gotta say, this art gave me a love for Dooku that I hadn't had before in rewatching this because there's that moment at the very end when Dooku is force choking the one pirate and then uses the force to make him shoot his friend. And I'm just like, that is a very powerful use of the force. And I really respect you for that. I'm scared of you, but I respect you. <laughs> I'm scared. Go on. I, I think a little bit I, turned I, might, on I might be mistaken, but that, that might have been my first time seeing someone choked by the force. Huh. I don't think I've seen anyone do that. Actually, I know, I know that that is like a Darth Vader move. Yeah. I know that that's a classic Darth Vader move, but I, like, in canon, like me actually watching it, this is the first time I've ever seen it. The only reason I know about it is because um, when I was younger, I played the Lego game. I was really young, so I didn't know anything with the Lego game. So I would just always play Darth Vader because you like choke people with the force. Yeah. I'm sure you could do that with other characters, but. That's yeah, that is yeah, and I I can't think of a of an instance. Uh, if there was, it was very brief. Dooku yeah. gets his like he it's a big scary bad guy moment when he does it in this episode. Yeah, like, yeah. this was the first time I was like, oh my god, he did that. Um, so yeah, I don't think I've seen it before. Honestly, one of, one of my favorite parts in these episodes just is the last line from Obi Wan to Hondo, where he's like, well. Dooku's not as nice as us, and he knows where you live. Yeah. Oh my, see, Motherfucker is funny. Motherfucker is smart. Oh, I love People him. ask why we just ship Obi-Wan with everyone. I'm sorry. I love Obi-Wan and I his relationship with every single character. He just, he has chemistry. He's, wow, I am beating He has chemistry. Yeah, but that's just because you're gay, not because of the mic. Every single... <laughs> The listeners can't see it, but I'm flipping light <laughs> off right now. What was I saying? Well, no, just everyone has chemistry with almost everyone that he comes across. Everyone yeah. that he comes across. It starts with Ewan McGregor in the movies, but he really shines in Clone Wars. Like, a lot of Obi-Wan's most, like, fun relationships are in the series, not the movies. Oh, yeah. Just wait until some of the characters that we meet in season two, and we'll get to those and like three or four episodes. Yeah. yeah. He shined he really shined in this arc. Like Obi Wan he's just such a good I didn't really like him at first. I really disliked Obi Wan during Phantom Menace, like mm-hmm. as like a character. And even in Attack of the Clones, I wasn't a huge fan, but now like motherfucker he's cut he's, yeah. he's I like him. He's good. Yeah. I like him a lot more than Anakin, so Yeah, I agree with that. I very much agree with that. Uh, what do we think of the what we think of the Jar Jar stuff in this? I was about to say there's a lot of there's a lot of Jar Jar early in Clone Wars. Jar Jar orchestrated the ship crash. I'm so. It was Jar Jar. I'm so. Jar Jar. I stopped. Stop with this. Dark Jar Jar. I the only. Go Anna. I just I feel like. Whenever something happens with Jar Jar, whenever they're like, wow, you know what? We're going to give, like, dedicate a whole episode to him. I just think, why? <laughs> why? 
that pretty much that pretty much sums it up. It's yeah, there are. I think Bombad Jedi is probably the funniest Jar Jar episode in the series because him and three PO is actually a pretty pretty funny comedic duo. Yeah. But the only thing in this episode, I enjoy the clones trying to figure out how to deal with him, but uh, and I oh, thought it was sort of fun because they're the uh, they're the Coruscant Guard clones, so they don't go out and see action very much. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they're the ones who like would be under Fox, right? Yeah, the red. Yeah, the, we actually see a weird like we see a lot of them in early season one because Yoda's troops and Ambus are also Coruscant Guard. Interesting. You'll meet Fox later. Yeah. He's just a clone commander of the of the uh, they call them shock troopers in Revenge of the Sith. They wear red. <laughs> yeah. When they switch armor when they switch armor later in the series, they add more brighter red just to double down, I guess. I, I really liked Phantom Menace. It, I really liked Jar Jar and Phantom Menace because I thought he was a really fun and funny and like this kind of relatable character, this like goofy not relatable, maybe just like he cracks me up in, in Phantom Menace. He really does. And I think they really nailed Jar Jar's character then, and then just never again did a good job with him. Yeah. Never again used him in any way that was delightful or fun. Just really... Well, and, like, the thing with that is that, like, you like Jar Jar in the purest form of Jar Jar, because whatever... However, Luke has changed him for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and for, and how that resulted in how he was written for the Clone Wars. I mean, that all changed because the fans hated Jar Jar the first what when he first came out in Phantom Menace. Like he wrote Jar Jar kind of out of a lot of Attack of the Clones. I think he was supposed to be a lot more intricate. Whether or not Dark Jar Jar was true, he was supposed to be bigger. Yeah, that much is on the record. That like yeah. George Lucas, I believe, or, or one of the producers or somebody has said since the prequels came out that the reaction to Phantom Menace did change certain things for Attack of the Clones. That's interesting. I mean, obviously, I didn't know that, like, because I yeah. was about this, but the other, that's really interesting to learn. I don't honestly have a whole lot to say about these episodes, but the other sort of real-world fun fact I'll throw in is that not too much of a spoiler to say that Hondo... Fire Captain Hondo will be a recurring character. Yeah. We will see him again. If you go to the Disneyland, uh, Star Wars land, they have an animatronic of him. They do uh, don't they? Yeah, and it's recorded, and the same voice actor has lines, so you could go meet him. Oh, that's actually so cool. Yeah, he's like part of one of the big rides there. My mom is such a Hondo fan. Oh, I can't wait until the pandemic is over so that we can go to... Disneyland. First steps goes to Disneyland. Oh my we god! We can do that episode. We can do that episode live. It have to be once we get to the sequel era because Disney World is all about sequels. Now, I know. <laughs> we can do it sometime. We'll put okay. that in the books. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next series of episodes, I I loved as a kid, and I'm delighted to find out still. Oh wait, up. actually, one small note I had about uh, Hondo uh, before we move on. Uh, it's I just found it really interesting that. Hondo, to me, and this comment to watch through was a lot more menacing than Grievous was in season one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. Well, the, and that's the problem with how, this problem with Grievous is Hondo gets to get, the, he had to get things done for the story to work. He had to succeed yeah. at his plans. He captured all of them, did it pretty well, was kind was fairly ruthless in doing it, even though he didn't really hold anybody any ill will. And Grievous, because it's that I think the kid showness of early Clone Wars really nerfs Grievous 
because he's yes. not allowed to have any victories. He's lame. He, Jedi Crash. Oh, I actually, the first thing I want to ask about Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace is what you think of Ayla Sakura, Anna, because my partner and I were watching these episodes and uh, they were like, why'd they, why, they didn't have to make her so hot. Right, I was like, no, the sexy girl, the sexy Jedi. Yeah, the French yeah. accent. Oh my god, I'm We'll get more into the Twilights next episode, but... Yeah, we're going to their uh, planet, but she's... I really like her in these episodes. Did I feel like I saw in Phantom Menace, I feel like I saw that, like, what, did you just call them Twilights? Or Twilights. Twilights. People, right? Like, yeah, no, Twilights. 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 Whatever. Twilight is that as in for us. I know, I was Stuart. like, I was literally like, oh my god, guys, <laughs> Twilight. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, but I remember seeing them in Phantom Menace and being like, damn, those aliens kind of cute, though. And then, it is, but also, these were just, this was such a good group of episodes. I really enjoyed everything with this, like, lady, everything with, um, with Ahsoka, and all of the, I love the, like, memer people. <laughs> it was yeah. such a great group of episodes. Yeah. yeah, one thing that was always really evident to me with these episodes is that, I've probably said this before, but season one, like, the morals are very, very in-your-face. As good as the episodes are, it very much was, like, you know, yes, this is a pacifistation, but sometimes you do need to sacrifice your long-standing traditions in order to, for the greater good of yourself and your people. Yeah, but then I... Grandpa Trianglebeard gets the last word in, because, like, we know, even Anna knows, that the Republic eventually becomes the Empire. Darth Vader comes around, so, like, is he right then at the end, when he's like, at what cost? The Republic yeah. now knows of us. Yeah, that is, the that is like, the message, that, that is the thing that was haunting me about um, these episodes, is I, I just felt like, over and over, they're pushing this narrative of, like, you need to fight for what's good, you need to do what's right. And and I understand that. I understand that, like, in this situation, if they didn't do anything, their people would have been killed. But I just find it extremely upsetting. I, I It's really haunting that these people who have lived in peace for all of eternity, like, the entire time these, this group of people have existed, they've been a peaceful people. And, and then they're just brought into this war that they didn't ask for. And that is something that happens over and over and over again in Star Wars. And... It's heartbreaking. It's really and in the real world. And in the real world. And, and yeah. that's like what, it, it's like, this is a children's show, so they, for the most part, try and keep things lighthearted. There are these moments where- That's why they're lemurs. Yeah, oh my god, the fact that they're lemurs is just, I was literally like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love it when Star Wars so does silly. stuff like this. Yeah. Why? It's but great. I love it. It's so hard because- just like the clones, right? Like, they never asked for this. And they're still expected to risk their lives for this. For, for what? You know what I mean? Very frustrating. But also, in the name like, of peace, but like, you know, what is peace in the Republic? Yeah, like, there's no reason. At the end of the day, I feel like there's no reason for this war. Like, when I really think about it, it's like, what are they even fighting about? You know? Like, I, I know, but, but like, do you get what I mean? Like yeah. this whole well, there's this war. Like, how does that affect these poor little people? Like the fact that I mean, have- so Clone Wars like takes a lot of like in the way the war is depicted. It's a very World War Two, but it does. It's not lost on me that this was made after the Iraq War. Like, and yes. 
and the the set of and I mean there's echoes of Vietnam and everything Star Wars because that was like something that was very impactful on George Lucas back in the day if you know the Francis Ford Coppola movie Apocalypse Now George Lucas originally wrote and was going to direct that movie and decided not to he gave it to his friend Francis so he could go off and make a little film called Star Wars so Vietnam and the Iraq War like the same sort of mid-war realizing like what are we fighting for who yeah. who knows on i like it's gotten distorted so much that like if you asked some of the characters in clone wars i'm not sure on either side anybody who wasn't like the very tip top leaders would be able to answer it well the droids wouldn't be able to answer that because they're dumb as rocks but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, droids, uh, the poor droids i still am like I need, like, someone to in-depth explain how the droids work, because there's... I don't want to get into droid sentience right now, but, like... I really enjoyed the bit where they, they're they trying to get volunteers and all the droids step back yeah. and let those yeah. two or droids go for it. And that scene, that scene cracks me up because they're all identical, mm-hmm. even, even more so than the clones in all their white armor. It's just, like... How do you not step? I don't know. It's just I, droid humor for me is best when it leans really into the the absurd. Yeah, I, so. I agree with that. And it really is. It's stuff that like I probably would have thought was funny as a kid, but as an adult, like being able to understand how absurd it is. Maybe our senses of humor are going backwards. Maybe we had taste as children. Probably. Yeah. Uh, TikTok has ruined us all. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> These. These are also uh, great Ahsoka episodes. I was just going to mention Ahsoka. Um, because there's so much... I mean, she has to put aside her own sort of... I, I was going to say, like, she has to put aside what she wants to do in order to do, like, what's best for everyone. But then ultimately, she doesn't really do that. Does she? Well, kind of. Kind well, of she, listens to, she listens to Ayla and doesn't, like, sort of just rashly go with like we have to def- we have to like stay and help and again yeah and Which is good gross well and i mean what they said in the very beginning when yoda and obi-wan talked about having anakin train ahsoka the whole like he's ready to teach he needs to learn how to let go sort of the mirror of that is that ahsoka also doesn't know how to let go yet yeah um and well that that's an interesting thread that sort of is started here because up until now, I mean, looking through Ahsoka's eyes, Anakin is basically Superman. He is the dashing warrior. He's flying circles around everybody. His, his he's got his clones all love him, and the, now he's like he gets super hurt. And it's I don't know if we like it's one of the few times in the series really that we see like people get injured and have it actually affect them. Because in Star Wars, you can sort of fix injuries easier. Yeah, get your hand off. Yeah, if you get your hand cut off, just get a robot hand. It's fine. That's it's just a I really like the dynamic in these episodes, especially for like the early Jedi of the Week stuff. I think this is the best Jedi of the Week. Um I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do fine. love anything with Plotoon, but that's this true. Is, yeah. Yeah, but just sort of thinking about the Jedi of the Week are usually playing off Ahsoka, and it's Ahsoka getting exposed to different people that are not Anakin. And right. I as much as the uh, the Luminara episode was fun. I really like the Ahsoka and Ayla Sakura dynamic. Unfortunately, I think she's Ayla is rather underutilized in this series. Yeah, I I I have a with that. I think though that's that started before, like that's because of the the 
this the early bits of the show were made before the Disney merger, so they were having to they were still thinking it was in Legends okay. canon. Right. So and she is all over comic books there. Like her story is told. Okay. I should look into that. Yeah, I'm she, a- uh, well that's the fun thing with her is she originated in comics and then George Lucas saw her design and was like, Ooh, neat, a sexy blue lady and put her in Attack of the Clones. She's in the she's in the uh arena scene briefly. Right. Yeah, just thinking about how to get him. We love George Lucas for that. We love George Lucas. We also hate him. Well, in fairness to him, he didn't design this. And I actually think the person who designed Ayla Sakura was a woman. Oh. It was Jan Duresma. Well, uh, we'll get into the... My, my point is more so about oh, the yeah. Twilight race as a whole, which yes. was George Lucas for the original trilogy, right? Uh, am I wrong about that? Yes, he would have... I mean, it, it's just the Green Lady from Jabba's Palace and... Bib Fortuna. Um, but yeah, he, he was, yeah, he was responsible for that. Yeah. And he, he took that and ran with it, um, cause the old expanded universe was very, whatever the, an alien did in the original trilogy, their whole species was like that. Yeah. So that's where a lot of this sort of problematic Twilight lore comes from. Yeah. But also, which we we'll can get see. into next episode. Yeah. Though, because next episode is actually about Twilight. So. Exactly. And they sort of, they threw out a lot of the old problematic stuff when they did this episode, the next two episodes. So. Yeah. But we'll definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, but with, no, I, that being said, I do stand Elstra. Yeah. She's yeah, great. great. Yeah. Love the French accent. But it's also one of those things where it's like uh, a little bizarre. But oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one that threw me off was a kid was Kit Fisto's Jamaican accent. And I sort of just. And after that, I sort of just accepted all the weird accents in the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. You have to. You have to. You can't let it phase you or you're going to yeah. be like. Because that was, I was like, I had a reaction. I was like, wait, what? He sounds like that? And then after that, I was just like, oh, sure. Nailis is French. Whatever. Yeah. There's uh, some Jedi is Russian later on. I can't yeah. remember who it is. Is it the one with like the horn thingies down here? Who beats me. There's too many Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Too many Jedi, too many Jedi. Um, I had a small throwaway note that I wanted to say before I moved on. Um, what? On the Lemur episodes? On the Lemur episodes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a fun throwaway thing that the Lemurs roll in the same way that Gordicons do, I noticed. Like, they have a very similar, like, they curl up in the same way. So I was like, that's, I, Good on Dave Filoni for... Yeah. I remember that. from behind-the-scenes things from the time, I believe that was intentional. I don't know if you're... I just think yeah. it's... I, I love yeah. the people. You know, it's, it's it's really fun to see, you know, the inspiration in, na- in nature for technology. Uh, also, George Takei. Yeah, George Takei's fun. He's a dumb... It's a dumb bad guy of the week, but, like, yeah. George Takei's... You can count on him to be a ham. It's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. It could have been um, New Gunray. It might have worked yeah, we get, if it was New Gunray. We, we get several other Nemoidians this season. Because there's yeah. that captain in the neck in the Ryloth episodes. Yeah. But. And we've seen Lot God in um, the season three episode that we watched. Yeah, we, we're getting a lot of Nemoidians actually early. Yeah. yeah. Trespass. Okay, yeah. Trespass was like. Out of all of these episodes, I was, like, not as excited. Um, it was just sort of, like, racism bad. 
Yeah. yeah. Colonialization bad. Yeah. No, I it's it's a it's an episode that like all the characters are sort of frustrated in the episode. They're mad that it's happening, so it's a little weird to watch. It's like they don't want to be in the episode either. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like very so I don't even know how to explain it. I was kind of weirded out by it because I almost felt like they were trying to make this distinction between the Republic and the Separatists, I guess, of like, we are good guys. We let people keep their land. We let, like, we don't take over. Because that's kind of what the Separatists do, right? They, like, just take over places and they start using them as army bases or whatever yeah. the fuck they want. And, and so this was sort of a way of being like, hey, we found people here and the Republic is good because, you know, ultimately, like, they ended up letting these people keep their yeah. But I will say, though, that the racist guy, the racist guy was a member of the Republic. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. And so that's my thing is I just felt it was really weird because it was like, what are you trying to tell me in this episode? Are you trying to tell me that the Republic is bad? Well, because the senator and like the other characters wanted to do what was, quote, like, right. They wanted to do right by these people. I can't remember what they were called. The Yeti people. Um, yeah, the Yeti yeah. people, essentially. And then, and then the racist dude died, and he was upset that he died for nothing. For literally no reason, because they totally resolved this issue. Yeah, um, yeah she, got to, she got to tell him that she was not going to listen to him, and then he died, because he was so yeah. mad. Yeah. I died for our people. Remember? I'm like, no, you didn't, you fucking colonizer asswipe. Senator really Chi like good, center. though. We like her New Zealand, really her New Zealand accent. Yeah, Bizarre. we talked about it early on. Is that they figure out way easier how to animate women than they do yeah. men. Like they figure out the exact right level of stylization to fit in the style. Because like Senator Chuchi doesn't look weird. Ayla Sakura looks fine, but like so I wonder guys, how much though is that the them animating non-humans though, as opposed to rank, as opposed to humans, human boys. Yeah, but Ayla Sakura's face is just a lady's face painted blue. That's true, like, I guess. And I mean, like, Kalkoon looks fine, but that's what you're saying, is that, like, yeah. he's, he's an alien. Yeah. Is it the hot guy from the last episode? You guys know what I'm There's, like, a hot green dude. Kate Fisto is who you're thinking about. Right. With, oh, uh, also with, uh, who was ugly in Attack of the Clones, but we yeah. <laughs> No, Kalkoon is the rotisserie chicken head. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> um, Kid Fisto was in Grievous's lair. Yes. We're just gonna blow yes. past that. Yes, he was. Um, he was hot. Yeah. <laughs> like plot-wise, in Trespass, there's not much going on. It's just, it's just cowboys and Indians, basically. Yeah. Yes, this was such a cowboy episode. Yeah. yeah. Although I also do want to point out that Sloans look fucking stupid. In their little dumb snow gear. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I gotta say, this was an epi- really an episode where, like, the clone or the red shirts of Star Wars, you know? Like, yeah. here are three clones falling off a cliff for yeah, almost anyone, no reason. Anyone not named Rex in this episode had a rough day. Yeah. <sighs> it took me so long to realize you were referencing Star Trek. I was like, the what? Yeah, that's the, that's the common phrase for the expendable background character, right? Yep. Yeah. It is. I mean, I don't, I don't want Star Trek. 
Our clones were wearing blue, but they didn't make them. It didn't help them at all. Didn't yeah. help them, no. Yeah, all right. And then we Let's get think to, about uh, viruses. Yeah, the pandemic. This was, I liked this because I thought Padme was going to die. And that was like my whole thing. And I, I was hit with the realization that like, if she doesn't die now, she will. And that realization had not dawned on me. And I was like, I put everything together that in order for Anakin to become bad, something bad would have to happen. And I was like, there is only one thing that I can think of that would make him turn bad. That is the death of Padme. So I was sitting here this whole time, like, clutching my blankets, like, so I don't even really know what happened in this episode, because the whole time I was just going through this, like, realization of what is to come. It's a fun, I, I always love seeing Naboo again in anything, so that was pretty fun. I think it's a good little action. Like the first one is a good little action adventure episode. Yeah, I have in my notes. I hope the kid is annoying and dies. Like the lady Gungan is fine. The kid is annoying in the next episode. Oh yeah. Um, Although I liked the the lady Gungan. I was literally like, "Hello," (laughs) on my list of hot aliens. (laughs) Well, she's. I don't know. We see. It's kind of fun because we'd only ever seen like underwater Gungans. Calvin's laughing and deservedly so. But uh, it's it's a it's a cold take, Anna. But um, <laughs> because I'm gay, but I just don't find any of the Gungans hot. Like they don't make it out no. Gungans hot. Like it's who's hot? Duck. Jar Jar duck people. Oh, that one with the, the one with the mustache, the captain. Oh wait, he's actually kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I tried to look her up by just looking up Gungan woman, and I'm like horrified. But no, she was cute. I, I can't remember her name. Well, I she's a fun. She, uh, we, we see, like, the underwater city Gungans, but she's, like, a farmer on the, on the surface, and I thought that's, I like variety in, in Star Wars, especially among, like, alien species, because they're usually so bad with it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I legitimately did like that there was this fear of, like, these characters fully could die, and... Three out of our, like... Padme, Ahsoka, Rex, they're all, like, they're in a lot of danger in this episode. Yeah, and I just felt that stress that Anakin was going through, but uh, but in addition to that, I think the really interesting thing was, like, we're confronted with this, this part of Anakin that will never let go, you know? And I guess that is ultimately what is going to turn him to the dark side, but he can't let go of these people, and, and I think it really affected, you know, how he went about, I mean, I guess solving this problem and getting this antidote but he just can't because he is so attached because that's the thing is it's like jedi aren't supposed to have attachments and not only does he have attachments his attachments are so strong like they are his mm-hmm. defining characteristic i mean most of his conflict so far has been about his attachments yeah. i mean like you know, even down to r2 yes oh my god the thing r2 yeah we don't need to go back listen to <laughs> the last episode but, so, it's not only, like, because the Jedi attachments rule is pretty, like, broad, but it's because of stuff like Anakin's, where you're not supposed to have unhealthy attachments, and that's what his attachments, he doesn't have a way to let go, like you're saying. Yeah. And he's, like, he's a lucky son of a bitch. He, he gets away with it most of the time. He got her two back. He succeeded in this latest death-defying mission to save his friends and his wife. And I think you're, I think you're sort of, you're exactly right, Anna, with like your, your foreshadowing and your, 
your your expectation, but like I think part of it is that he does sort of get away with it for so long. And I think that's something that makes his character really appealing, and that's really cool. Is that I mean, as an audience member, especially as someone watching this chronologically, you know, I feel compelled to like Anakin for this stuff. I mean, he is cool. He's a badass. He, you know, is all the best stuff as a Jedi and has ditched some of the sucky things. And he's just like cool and awesome and cares about people and it's just so... Yeah, I get so worried for when he does fail though. Like, it, yeah. I mean, like, we see him fail to save his mother in Attack of the yeah. Clones. And that's... Yeah. And that's sort of the fun thing about Anakin, why he is so compelling, is because you want, like, he does stand for so much of what is right. Like, he, yes. he, he, he ha- his heart is in the right place, his instinct, like, he, his instincts are to help people. You could see how much good there is in him, and yet how much darkness there also is. Uh, yeah, and that's why, like, I know, obviously, I'm coming from a place of, like, knowing to some extent what happens, but not completely. But I think it's really interesting... But Clone Wars expects you to know, like the series yeah. expects you to know. There's gonna, Anakin. there's gonna be moments where I'm pretty sure you're just gonna be completely spoiled for what is in the third prequel movie. Well, that's yeah. true, but it yeah, won't... yes. Uh, but also, like if you know, if you know the Imperial March, the the classic bad guy theme, theme music from Star Wars. If you notice, anytime Anakin gets mad in Clone Wars, they'll usually deploy a few bars of it. Oh. Bum, bum. Listen for that. It's uh, it's just pretty. It's I saw a meme that was like, anytime, any, anytime Anakin gets slightly mad in Clone Wars, the Imperial March. Yeah, it's it's really it's something that I think is so cool though is that they were able to take this character who is a bad guy and they've made him so complex and they've made him. And I mean, to the point where he's the good guy in this entire series. In this entire and you film. and you can see why. Like it's not yeah. like you. It's not like the show is telling you, "Hey, you should root for him." They're showing us why. Yeah, I mean, what? I like I like Clone Wars Anakin. I don't like prequel movie Anakin, but I like Clone Wars Anakin. And I like what Clone Wars Anakin has turned prequel movie Anakin into for me. Yeah, yeah. And also, like movie Anakin is sort of beginning and end of adult Anakin, and yeah. so he's a whiny, horny monk in Attack of the Clones, and that's not that fun. And then he's the dashing hero for all of Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith shows his his downfall. So he's not that fun in the movie. Okay, he's, we don't need to be getting too far yeah, into this. I know, but I'm um, just like, but just, it is, it's it's a fun thing to, I yeah. I really like, like Calvin saying how much Clone Wars changes the movies, so that like, when you get to Revenge of the Sith, you will have the context of Clone Wars Anakin, and it vast, it, I think, I think it makes yeah. the movie way better, and I'm excited for you to see it. No, I completely see what you mean. I mean, because I, have I haven't seen the third prequel, but with seeing Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I didn't like Anakin in either of those films. I freaking hated him, in fact. I thought he was super annoying. But I like Anakin in the Clone Wars, and I think that that is going to make his 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 transformation like just even more heartbreaking. Whereas yeah. I feel like if I had only been watching movies, I wouldn't really care. Yeah. And that's really cool, cause especially because at this point, it's like, to me, Star Wars is about Anakin. <laughs> like, yep. I... And I feel like to other people, that probably isn't who they're thinking of when they're thinking of Star Wars, but I can't think of another person that would be, like, the, the protagonist. But I guess it's because you know, the majority of what I've seen is, is Clone Wars. So, yeah. Weird, yeah. weird to think about it that way, yeah. I will say one of my favorite Legends uh, things from stuff that is non-canon is that his nickname in the old stories during, like, this Clone Wars era was the hero with no fear. 
and I really like uh, just sort of that. I love the legend of Anakin that sort of springs up in yeah. Clone Wars because he's a war hero. He's got to be in the propaganda films. He's in whatever the in-universe version of Clone Wars is, like the newsreels. Yeah. So I, I just, I sort of love swashbuckling war hero Anakin just and even to the, the idea of that as like a galactic hero I just think he's super fun in, in Clone Wars but like and then we get to watch him sort of have flaws in addition like we get to see him like on the on paper in these episodes he's just he's a, he's a hero running around saving the galaxy but but we also get to see how he like he he's not doing well he's, yeah. he's worried he's he's scared he's lashing out and it, I think it's a, it's a mark of how well the show and understands the characters and the, it's sort of, we're beginning to see the dream team of George Lucas and Dave Filoni, who are sort of joint running the show at this point. And right. about now it hits a groove of like sort of figuring out what they figured out what the show is from this point forward. And we get to see it evolve. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like there's a part of me that's like, I don't want Clone Wars to end, but there's also a part of me that's like, I want to watch all of it right now so we can. Um, well, lucky <laughs> so for you, there's a lot more Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, we're only about one-seventh of the way through at this point, so. Yeah, and it, it got resurrected twice after being canceled, so it just, it, it's, it's yeah. a would not die. Yeah, I just looked through. We have 33 episodes. Oh, it's going to be Thanksgiving before we get to Revenge of the Sith. Huh? Woohoo! I mean, no. we could and I, talk about the relevance of talking about a pandemic and the current pandemic, but like, all I'm just going to say is that I just, I'm just, you know. Wolf. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, they did a virus story on NCIS the other night. I was watching with Megan, and it was the same thing where it's like, eh, it's kind of fun because it's different, but also it's it hits different when, like, they're talking about a pandemic as, like, something that would never happen. It would be devastating. It's like, it's sort of weird to be living in it. Although, I will say, the mad scientist guy is fun. Cool. Yeah. He's a nut job, and it's 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 a good, I don't know, for a villain of a week, he was fun. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, next week, we have the final full arc of Clone Wars Season 1, the Ryloth arc. God, I love these episodes so much. The, uh, I don't know what this episode is quote unquote what this arc is quote unquote officially called. Like the I think it's called the Children of the Force arc. Yeah. The Children of the Force arc. That is Holocron Heist, Cargo of Doom, and Children of the Force. So Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.